This is the Patriot Cause with Bud Cornwell, United States Marine Corps retired. Patriots, China wins again with Afghanistan. Yep, I know you think it's crazy, but I think by the time you get done listening to this podcast, it's going to give you something to think about. Because the world is in massive turmoil. And the three major countries of this globe is in a battle of controlling the world. And China is winning. Got proof of that. We're going to talk today about specifically Biden and Afghanistan. Did Biden miss the red flags of Afghanistan being taken over by the Taliban? Who are the Sunnis and the Shias? If you don't understand the difference between these two religious factions of Islam, you'll never understand the Middle East. Biden admits to the collapse. He admits to it. But his excuse is lame. Absolutely lame. So what is the political outlook in the Middle East as it relates to China? As it relates to China. Going to bring that to you. Do not go away. This is a big podcast. Got a lot of information for you. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries... They will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. It takes a whole lot for the leftists to say anything against this so-called president puppet that they have in the White House, but they're doing it, believe it or not, because of this downfall of Afghanistan. Jeff McCollin is an NBC writer, yes, NBC, and I'm going to read what he has to say specifically about July the 8th. And what Biden said on July the 8th compared to what actually happened. On July the 8th, President Joe Biden assured the American people that it was highly unlikely the Taliban would take control of Afghanistan. That is exactly what happened five weeks later. And the catastrophic scenes in Kabul this week begged the obvious question, how did the Biden administration get this so wrong? Why is the president now facing his own Saigon moment? He didn't get it wrong, people. These evil, evil-minded people and non-patriotic Americans know exactly what they're doing. Jeff continues, The Taliban were technically outnumbered and outgunned by Afghan government forces. Biden and his administration frequently have emphasized that the U.S. has spent $83 billion training Afghan security forces that are, on paper, well, at least, 
roughly around 300,000, including police and the Afghan Air Force. But the reality on the ground undermined any pure numbers based on assessment. An analysis of Afghanistan security forces found that of the 352,000 soldiers and police counted as members of the security forces, only around 254,000 could be confirmed as active, actively serving. The remainder were so-called ghost soldiers who padded unit payrolls and allowed local commanders to skim the pay. And to a certain point, that is true. But think about this. We had 3,500 Americans controlling the Taliban in that country. 3,500, not 350,000 controlling that country so that the Taliban wouldn't take it over. So they're saying, well, they had 300,000 Afghans that were highly trained. Well, if they were highly trained, they would have stopped the Taliban. Okay? So that's where all these stupid numbers come into place. But you got to understand there's more to it. you got to look at the whole Middle East picture. And part of that Middle East picture is understanding the Sunnis and the Shias. The Sunnis and the Shia. The Sunnis are the Taliban. And they hate the Shias, which is Iran and Hazaras. And why do the Shias hate Sunnis or Sunnis? Again, this is a different way of looking at the same religion, Islam. It's almost like comparing Catholics to Protestants. They believe in the same God, but they don't believe in the same worldview. So why do the Taliban hate Iran? The Taliban, the world's most extreme and radical Islamic organization that inspires fascination, controversy, and especially fear in both the Muslim world and the West, has been brought into sharp focus in Ahmad Rashad's book, The Taliban. This enormously insightful book gives an account of Taliban's rise to power, its impact on Afghanistan, and the Central Asian region. The book also analyzes the wider regional and geopolitics implications of the Taliban's advert to power and the role that the Taliban has to play in oil and gas companies' decisions. Think about what I just said, oil and gas company decisions. The author also discussed the changing attitudes of various countries like America and Saudi Arabia towards Taliban and its effect in Afghanistan. So the word Taliban has been derived from the term called Talib, which means a student of Islamic seminary. So these are religious students. These Taliban people are religious seminary students to be part of the Taliban. These seminaries have existed for thousands of years. And the Islamic boys have gone to these schools to study the Quran. So in 623, that's when Muhammad was around. 623. So pretty much these people existed since then. The Taliban took this name because it is a symbol of Islam and a symbol of doing good and bringing people around to an Islamic viewpoint, imposing law and order. 
It was a name that was initially welcomed by the Afghan people. To understand the enmity between the Hazaras, the Iran, and the Taliban is very important to clarify that the Hazaras and the Iranians are Shias while the Taliban are Sunnis. And for me, the main reason why the Taliban hates Hazaras and Iran and why Iran hates Taliban is because of one mentioned above. The enmity between the Sunni Pashtas and the Shia Hazaras goes a long way, but the Taliban brought a new edge to the conflict for they treated all the Sunnis, I'm sorry, all the Shias as hypocrites and beyond the pale of true Islam. So the Sunnis do not think Shia Iran, for instance, are true Islamic people. And that's why you have this fighting that's been going on for hundreds of years. The earliest class between the Shia and the Sunni can be traced all the way back to 1893, about 100 years before the creation of the Taliban. So who initiated the first anti-Hazara program, killing thousands of Hazaras, moving thousands more to Cabal, where they lived and served and destroying their mosque? Well, who do you think the Taliban did, of course? They took over that area, and that's how it was. So if you understand what's going on in these Middle East countries, you've got a better understanding of why America, and specifically this administration, is reacting to this. I'm going to lead you in a direction that you may not want to go, but this is what I believe, and I'm going to tell you why I believe it. But before we do that, we're going to listen to Biden in three minutes of crap on why he admits Afghanistan collapsed faster than anticipated. Take a listen to this clip and we'll follow up behind the clip on the ridiculousness and the lies that this man is telling you. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. That's why we're still there. We were clear-eyed about the risks. We planned for every contingency, but I always promised the American people that I would be straight with you. The truth is, this did unfold more quickly than we had anticipated. So what's happened? Afghanistan political leaders gave up and fled the country. The Afghan military collapsed, sometime without trying to fight. If anything, the developments of the past week reinforced that ending U.S. military involvement in Afghanistan now was the right decision. American troops cannot and should not be fighting in a war and dying in a war that Afghan forces are not willing to fight for themselves. We spent over a trillion dollars. We trained and equipped an Afghan military force with some 300,000 strong, incredibly well-equipped. 
a force larger in size than the militaries of many of our NATO allies. We gave them every tool they could need. We paid their salaries, provided for the maintenance of their Air Force, something the Taliban doesn't have. Taliban does not have an Air Force. We provided close air support. We gave them every chance to determine their own future. We could not provide them was the will to fight for that future. There's some very brave and capable Afghan special forces units and soldiers. But if Afghanistan is unable to mount any real resistance of the Taliban now, there is no chance that one year, one more year, five more years, or 20 more years, the U.S. military boots in the ground would have made any difference. And here's what I believe to my core. It is wrong to order American troops to step up when Afghanistan's own armed forces would not. If the political leaders of Afghanistan were unable to come together for the good of their people, unable to negotiate for the future of their country when the chips were down, they would never have done so while U.S. troops remained in Afghanistan, bearing the brunt of the fighting for them. And our true strategic competitors, China and Russia, would love nothing more than the United States to continue to funnel billions of dollars in resources and attention in the stabilized Afghanistan indefinitely. That whole speech sounded like this to me. Walk, 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 until he got to the, about the last 15 seconds when he started talking about China and Russia. And then the truth comes out. He is saying that China and Russia wanted us to stay in Afghanistan and, and, and spend the, you know, I don't know, $30 billion, you know, pennies compared to the trillions that we spend everywhere else to keep that country stabilized. China wanted us to be there. Russia wants us to be there. Come on, get the hell off of it. This is insanity. This is the president that we had lying out his freaking teeth. China wants Afghanistan. They want Pakistan. They want Iran. It's that simple. The more of these countries in the Middle East that they can develop a relationship with, the more of their junk that they can sell them. And on top of that, they now have a bigger access to much more oil than what the Russians or anybody else can deliver to them. This is political. This is giving China the power to take over the Middle East. You don't believe it? Listen to this. The political outlook of the Middle East with China. The China-Pakistan relation, also known as Chinese-Pakistani relations of Suno-Pakistani relations, refers to the Bilateral relations between China and Pakistan. Formed relations were established in 1950 when the Dominic of Pakistan was among the first countries to end official diplomatic relations with the Republic of China or Taiwan and recognizes the People's Republic of China, the PRC government of the mainland China, which is now the CCP. 
Since then, both countries have placed considerable importance on the maintenance of an extremely close and supportive special relationship, and the two countries have regarded exchange high-level visits resulting in a variety of agreements. The PRC has provided economic, military, and technical assistance to Pakistan, and each country considers the other a close strategic ally. Pakistan, China. Okay. China, Iran. Relations refer to the economic, political, and social relations between China and Iran from 1979. What was going on there? America tried to put in a diplomat or dip, uh, a organizational government based upon democracy. So China and Iran from 1979 to the Iran Revolution, the present official relations began in 1937. The two civilizations had had a history of cultural, political, and economic exchanges along the Silk Road since at least 200 B.C. and possibly earlier. To this day, China and Iran have developed a friendly economic and strategic partnership because of the Silk Road. That's where they want to push it through. Again, the purpose of the Silk Road is so China can sell their crap around the gold. So that's China and Iran. Well, who is in between Pakistan and Iran? Afghanistan. And a lot of people don't know, but Pakistan has a border with China. Afghanistan has a border with China. It may be small, a little sliver, but Pakistan actually has a direct connection border with China. Coincidence? Maybe. But I guarantee you China wants that border. They want the ability to be part of Afghanistan. Now, they're not directly bordered with Iran, but if they can get Afghanistan in the mix, then they're going to have all three of those countries, Iran, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, even though they may not religiously agree, it's okay. China's atheist. They don't care what kind of religion you are. Matter of fact, they hate the Muslims. But I'll do, I guarantee you they'll do business with them. They'll buy their oil, not think twice about it. So think about that. That's what I believe is happening. I believe the United States and this crap of administration we got that's in the hands of China pulled out of Afghanistan to use the excuse that we don't need to be there fighting wars. Agree, not disagreeing with that. However, there's a global strategic vision for China and Afghanistan. And America just opened up the border where they can shake hands and China gets more powerful. Last but not least, Bonehead Award. So in July the 8th, this video had almost a million views. So this happened on July the 8th. It is now August the 19th. Listen to this freaking bonehead and what he says compared to what he did. And this was, again, Biden. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. 
because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world. Do you trust the Taliban, sir? <laughs> You, is that a serious question? It's, a, it's, a, it's a silly question. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more, re, more competent in terms of conducting war. Will the United States be responsible for the loss of Afghan civilian lives that could happen after no. the military exit? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. We're not responsible for anything. I'm the president. I'm not responsible for anybody else. That's his ignorant mind and the leadership that is pulling the strings on this man that has no clue how to be the president of the United States. So if you want to listen to the truth and what the word no really, really means, listen to this, is Biden the president of the United States? No! That's the official way to use the word no in a political environment. As you can see, we're just continuously going downhill, and our government is absolutely out of control. Now, we can't do nothing personally about this Afghan situation other than pray for the families that lost Americans and Afghans that died in this war and pray for those that made it back with massive injuries and pray for those military, my fellow brothers and sisters that are going to have a very, very hard time, just like our Vietnam veterans, in dealing with what this government did in Afghanistan. Stand up, show up. This is the Gunny out.